and welcome to another episode of the Football Faithful Podcast. My name's Sam Steen and Danny's dossing. Uh, Carl's on holiday, so this week I'm joined by the dynamic duo of Peter Henry. Hi, Peter. How's it going? And Anthony Kelly. Hi, Ant. Hi, lads. How are you doing? Not too bad. We've lots to talk about this week, including a delightful cup and league double header between Liverpool and Chelsea, and of course, double disaster for Manchester United. But first, let's hear about your footballing moments of the week, Peter. For me, it's seeing Van Persie's free kick um, at the weekend. I don't know if you saw it. Van Persie's a player, I think, should be in any conversation when we kind of talk about top 10 strikers of the Premier League era. An absolute class act. What a finisher. And uh, yeah, I watched the replay of, of his free kick for Feyenoord. He looks cool with the grey hair now. He just had a little shade of it at Man United, but he's gone full grey now. Handsome bastard, and uh, <laughs> he ra- he absolutely wraps this free kick in, into the into the top corner from about thirty five yards out. But there's one angle kind of looking in from behind him, and you see it setting out and coming back in, and uh, an absolute beautiful strike. Um, and then of course he he was always a bit of a loose cannon as well, so we went and got him sent himself sent off for a dodgy tackle then not long after. So uh, yeah, that was probably my moment of the week. I watched the replay about twenty times. Fantastic, and what about you? Mine actually comes from the uh, possibly the worst ever Super Sunday in the history of the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Carl. false advertising, that, isn't it? <laughs> it's got to be, hasn't it? Cardiff Burnley, jeez. But um, no, no, I think just seeing um, a Sean Dice team actually outcrossed and out long balled was, um, was probably my moment of the week to see him Burnley completely shell shocked by the sheer number of crosses put in by a, a Neil Warnock side. That, that, that made me weekend, and I think Burnley were absolutely shell-shocked by that and somehow managed to win God knows how but yeah, brilliant <laughs> Fair enough uh, Right, well uh, from highs to lows Peter uh, it's been a pretty terrible week for United fans uh, out of the cup against Derby on pens well beaten by West Ham um, Let's start with the Derby game uh, OK, so Derby scored a wonder goal and uh, but Frank Lampard's men were good value for their win Oh yeah, 100% more desire more energy um, more of a more of a structure um, to their play. You could see they were pressing together. They had nice little combinations. You could see that the players have been told to get in around Matic, for example, press high, and uh, yeah, thoroughly deserved. United were you know were, were terrible again. They were outplayed by a, by a championship side um, at Old Trafford. Now you know it was a Carabao Cup game, so you might say sometimes a lot of changes, but uh, you know sometimes teams can struggle a bit against lower league opposition that will play play for their lives, you know. But um, no, United were thoroughly outclassed for, for pretty much the, the entire game, which was strange. After getting the early goal, you would have thought they would have kicked on. But no, got exactly what they deserved, Sam. No two ways about it. And uh, <laughs> that wasn't the worst performance of the week either. So uh, No, but we'll come on to that in a minute. But uh, <laughs> I think one of the like most disappointing things nearly about that game was I mean, was it last week, maybe the week before, we were kind of saying, look, there's no chance of competing for the title. If we can maybe scrape in top four or, you know, aim for top four and then have a good go at the Cups, that'll be kind of acceptable, you know? Sam, yeah, well, like, he picked a very strong, like, it was a strong team. Like, he played, you know, in in years gone by, you'd think, okay, you know, even you look at the Liverpool-Chelsea game, they probably brought in more players um, than, than United that was still a strong team United put out you know they had Lukaku up front Martial was actually excellent and you know if, that was a stronger team than you would have expected in years gone by a lot, a lot of teams to put out against 
a championships side at home. Um, so there was no excuses in terms of there was a bit of rotate rotation, but you know all experienced international players. Um, and yeah, like I kind of said before, I think how, like Mourinho's no, notorious for for you know always kind of playing a strong team in the Carabao Cup, uh, and he did this. But like, listen, the, when the players aren't. The players are obviously aren't happy, and they obviously aren't playing for him really. So um, yeah, that, that's that's the performance that they gave up against Derby was exactly, yeah, it, it, it is what it is, and, and it's got progressively worse um, through the week. As as you know, every day has just been like it's a nightmare at the moment being a Man United fan. You're just opening, you're just waking up every day to like a new headline about the manager falling out with somebody or or something or other. Um, and yeah, and then that just continued on to, to West Ham when they were absolutely disastrous. In the lead-up to that game, we obviously had all of these uh, stories about Pogba in the press. Uh, Mourinho coming out saying Pogba will never captain United again. Um, maybe you can kind of bring mm. us up to speed on what exactly was going on there. But like, Listen, we're not all privy to what's going on, but I think we all know that Pogba, even though he, he was the one who lost the ball against against Wolves the week before, kind of came out with a very pointed attack um, against Mourinho. Like, he even used the words attack, 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 which was, in my opinion, trying to get the fans on side because that's yeah, yeah. the actual song they sing. Um, yeah. So, you know, he, <clears throat> for me, your club captain can't be coming out and saying that. I don't know what exactly is going on, but <clears throat> it looks to me like Mourinho had tried to make up with him slightly by trying to make him captain, basically. Or, you know, maybe that's smoke and mirrors by Mourinho as well. He was still giving him guff in the background. I, I, I don't know, really. Um, but supposedly Mar- or Pogba in the background, and again, this is supposedly, um, he, he's basically telling them, I want to leave, I want to leave. And the decision was made that if you're coming out and criticising your manager and you're repeatedly saying that and, and you want to leave the club, then you sh- will never captain this club again. And I don't think that's too too crazy a, a thing to do. Quite maybe, right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. quite right. But I, I think the problem then becomes, you know, h- how it was done. Supposedly he was called out and admonished, and again, supposedly in front of the entire squad. So um, is, it, is, this know, that, is this that video that was doing the round? No, no. This was this had happened. the video was the day after the derby. So the derby county. He he, he he was stripped of the captaincy in the build up to the derby defeat, and then he's in, in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, he's in the crowd putting up a video. You know, of him and, and Luke Shaw and, and Andres Pereira laughing. Then the, the standoff the next day. I don't know how staged that was. Um, it basically looked like Pogba squared up to his boss, you know, which you probably wouldn't get away with most other, you know, you probably wouldn't get away with in everyday life. But like I, I, I look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to defend Mourinho here. I, I want them both out of the club ASAP. Pogba's posting videos on the social media, him singing and dancing, you know, like you just have to be stripped of the captaincy of one of the, well, vice captaincy, whatever, of one of the biggest clubs in the world, and he just yeah. doesn't care. Like, call me yeah. old fashioned, like call me old fashioned lads. But when you're in trouble, your name's up in uh, up in the up in like in headlights. Keep your head down for a couple of days or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't, uh, I just don't get his attitude. I don't get Mourinho's attitude either. It's obvious he's just completely lost the, the players, and he hasn't learned his lessons on how. He goes after players either because that's what happened to him at Real Madrid and Chelsea. And you would have thought he would have had a bit more cop on this time, but he's just doing it again. And uh, yeah, 
like, listen, Mourinho's won. I don't know the stats, but I'd assume he's in the top three uh, highest paid managers in the world. Manchester United squad are the highest paid football squad on the planet. And to put in the least amount of sprints in the Premier League at the weekend just says it all. You know, like he's, you know, today he's about like he's dropped the club captain. He's fallen out with him. They bring him a Tomney into into a back three. It's just gone absolutely ballistic, and it's so it's so predictable as well, lads, because this is like exactly how things have happened with Mourinho at, at Real Madrid and Chelsea in the past. So it's just all so predictable. I kind of feel like you know that part in. In Goodfellas, when uh, what's the guy's name, Henry Hill, when you know all the mob boys are turning him, his, his back on him, he's been caught selling dope. The police are chasing him down, and a start to this kind of music intro and loads of scenes playing out. And he just goes, "This is the bad time." And that's exactly that's exactly how it feels. Now. It's the same movie playing out again with Mourinho. So. Yeah, well, sorry to uh, continue the bad times on because we, well, you're quite pleased, I'd say, actually. But, uh, I mean, again, as Peter was talking there against West Ham, it was just, it was just ridiculous, you know. I mean, we, we uh, more criticism of United's mentality from Mourinho, from some of the players. Uh, Luke Shaw was out saying that, you know, from the very get-go, their mentality wasn't right, which isn't really acceptable, you know what I mean? If, if it's not right, then fucking do no. something about it, no. you know. But also, you know, he's he, about to, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you kind of feel with Luke Shaw and he's coming out and he's saying all the right things because let's be honest, if he doesn't, he's completely fucked by Jose Mourinho. So he kinda yep. you know, he's standing there saying all the things. He's looking a bit like a sort of a hostage victim, you know, you're kinda of waiting for him really to hold up the day's paper and he's like blinking Morse code going, Help me <laughs> <laughs> I'm alive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but for all the, the complaints about the players' mentality, and I think again that's just Mourinho has to take a lot of the blame in this game as Peter said McTominay playing centre-back well, what's that about? Yeah it's a, it's a strange one I mean I looked at that lineup against um, against West Ham and, and certainly during the game as well it became obvious that the formation was actually quite new to the players as well um, do, I think they were trying to play some sort of um, 5-3-2 formation which I've not really seen United play that often and I don't think they knew when to press, when to hold. Um, the, the positional play looked a bit erratic um, from some of the players. I know on, on the actual day they can complain about being hard done to by a couple of decisions, but you, you're a couple of goals down. You, you need to run the lines. You need to press. You know, make make something happen for the club. You know, um, West Ham are okay. They've, they've turned the corner, obviously under Pellegrini, but they're, they're still not a great side. You know, it's sad like United with the quality they've got. They should have plenty of ability to get something there. You know. It was, it was a strange one. I've not seen United play with that um, that little hunger, that like such a small amount of desire. I don't think I've ever seen that from the United side. Even it's the- a classic. It's a classic team that. Like, look, I'm not saying that. It, it, they know if they don't look, things are bad behind the scenes. The manager's calling out with everyone. I'd say subconsciously the players have they've stopped working for him. It's pretty obvious by that performance. Yeah, Look at the, looks like I, it. Like, I know stats don't explain everything, but when you have the lowest amount of sprints in the Premier League yeah. after you're even with it, had a shock result before, it shows the players aren't playing for their manager. No. They don't believe in the plan they've been sent out with. It, you know, Mourinho is always pretty. Um, he might come up with little variations within games, but he was always. You know, all other clubs. One of the complaints with him at Chelsea was that he picked the same eleven all the time. Whereas you look at this one at United, even you know, just so everybody knows, we're recording now before the other Chelsea game tonight. But 
you know, like he, he's just, it's like ostracize a player, bring him back in the next week. It's just, it's just You madness. can't pick it up, can you? You, you, you can't Sanchez ostracize a player one week. Was, was, Sanchez was brought down to London, then dropped out of the team. And he's making sly yeah. remarks about, oh, well, everyone's telling me Martial should play. Like, Jose is just a spoiled brat now as well. A lot of the players are spoiled brats, but the, like, Jose is no better. And, you know, he, like, yeah, for, for me, it just needs to, it just needs to end now because... Um, I know there's not many viable options out there. But but any, anyone, like anything, really. Like. So, well, I, I, but listen, I, I, I don't look. This isn't going to change in any other way. Like he's going to go in the next five or six weeks if they leave him there, because history tells us he's not going to change. And it's just going to descend into more and more chaos. The club's going to be dragged through the mud more and more and more. So just get it over with. Give it to Carrick as a caretaker or whatever, because that team is not getting into the top four under Jose Mourinho. The, it's not going anywhere. Is, so. the, the thing is, Pete, as well, you, you, you look at the body language of the players after he got back in the game against West Ham. You know, they, they, they barely even celebrated the goal. I know they're running back to the halfway line to get the game yeah, started yeah. again, but no, there seems like the whole attitude and the whole sort of um, aura around the club seems to be so like uh, negative and toxic at the moment. It just doesn't seem it, any good, does it? No. I've I've been using the word shit show for the best part of a month now, and <laughs> there, there's there's a, a lot of newspapers and websites are starting to use the same language. I'm not saying I started it, but that seems to be the best way to describe it. It's just it's it's a shit show from from bar, top it, yeah. to bottom, you know. And his his, con- his press conference yesterday was very interesting because I watched it, and he came in with the he he looked like he looked like a man without a care in the world. It's either two things. He's either been told he doesn't have to worry about his job or he knows he's getting sacked and he's just waiting for the payoff. I kind of think it's that. Like, I, I think it's that. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's that. He looks like a man who's just sort of in a swivel chair in the office swiveling around, not, not giving a damn. <laughs> <you know? laughs> he doesn't. Pressing his mouse to pretend he's doing some work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Solitaire, yeah, and all that jazz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. Not that I've ever done that, you know. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, leaving, hanging these players out to dry, and uh, you know you, you said about McTominay coming in. I, I actually kind of feel bad for him as well because he's kind of he's kind of been hung out as Jose's golden boy, but also as the fall guy. You know what I mean? Because Jose has him had him as his, his manager's player of the season last year. You know he he brought him in when he dropped Pogba last time. He's brought him in here to play centre back, which didn't make any sense. I don't think to anyone when Bailly was fit and everything like that. And yeah, I mean he, he you know he's 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 putting him in a position where he's basically like the teacher's pet, whether he wants to be or not. And all the, yeah. you know, the, surely the other players are going to be turned on him, going, you know, well, what's he done? What's he, how how is he so good when he's, you know, well, you know, he, he's he's a nobody. And then it's not really his fault. Yeah. He's, a, he's a half decent player, but I mean, no, it's not his fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of have to feel. You're definitely right. Like if, if you're in if you're in that group of whether it be you know. Obviously, we're talking about football tonight, but even if it's in a work environment or whatever, if if somebody is singled out as the manager's pet, it causes kind of resentment within the squad, especially within a squad where the manager's pretty much falling out with everyone else. So, yeah, it's a strange one. And, like, I, McTominay came through as a kind of number 10 in the U teams as well, and he's kind of looked more of a defensive midfielder since he came in. And, look, listen... One thing I've said about Man United for a long time, uh, and one thing that um, I think Mourinho was trying to do, and another reason why he wanted the likes of Alder World and Maguire in the summer was they don't really have a defender who can play out from the back, and that's why he's saying he brought McTominay in. But it, 
it was a strange, strange move when you, when you had Eric Bailly there. And it was a very, very defensive uh, formation going away to West Ham as well. So, yeah, listen, I feel a bit sorry from as well and I don't mean to be bad I don't see McTominay pulling up any trees for Man United in the long term either so I, I think Mourinho just likes his attitude because he probably you know isn't spending all day on Instagram and you know blah 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 so I, I don't know but it, it is it is a strange one and especially like you said he was full of praise from last year as well the thing so, is, though, Pete, the, the, the problem is you've got there at United as well. Um, you, you mentioned you want Mourinho to go and just, and just sort of that's it. Carrick come in as the assistants and or, or you know whatever it may be in the interim. But you, if you have got good young players, it's I always think it's very hard to gauge how good they are when the club's going through a shitstorm. You know, you, you don't know how good McTonamay is. He, he, you know, you say he might not go on to be a top class player, but when the club's results aren't going right and when the, the atmosphere is so negative and so dour, it is always, I always think it's really hard for young lads anyway, as you know, more so than it is in normal circumstances. Yeah, well, I, I think actually one of the reasons why he probably likes McTominay and Fellaini, I'd say, uh, it, it, as another example, are there two players that will kind of carry out his. You know his instructions to a T, if you know what I mean. Whereas yeah, a lot of like yeah. Pogba and the Marshalls and the Rashfords are probably more unreliable in, in terms of what he he's asked them to do. But yeah, listen, I, I'm I'm not basing that. McTominay's barely played this season. I'm basing it more on what I saw last season. Um, mm. I don't want to write off his career. I'm just saying, I think he'd probably be a Premier League player. I'm just saying, I, I don't think oh, yeah. he's going to be pulling up trees for Man United. Is all I'm saying. And, you know, maybe other people would say Rashford can improve and, and, and Marshall and all the rest. Um, and, and maybe they will under a different manager. But um, And yeah, young players are, are unpredictable. Their decision-making can be poor at times. That's just par for the course. But that's why you need the right blend in the squad, you know, of experience and, and youth. Um, I find sometimes there's this obsession with youth nowadays. Like, it's, it's wrong to want to sign an experienced player as well. <laughs> Whereas... I, for me, like you look at Liverpool now, James Milner, for me, is, is key to them being successful this year because of his experience, you know. But yeah, like we, yeah, we, we just have to, have to see now how, how to, you know, obviously we don't know at the moment what the match is going to go like tonight. Listen, I don't think, I saw a report before we came on that the, the Man United bus only got to the ground. At a yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah so saw God that. knows they're probably kicking lumps out of each other on the bus or something. Like, <laughs> who knows what's going on? But I would just get... That, that squad isn't going to do well now. And there, there isn't a real obvious option out there. I'm not a big fan of Zidane. I saw Conte getting bandied around. Conte's a, a pretty divisive figure once he's been in the club for more than a year or two as well. I, I think a 20, 21-year-old um, Pogba might stick to a Conte system. I'm not so sure a superstar Pogba, what he is now, will. If Carrick or any of the kind of more people connected with the club, get them in. Blood some of the youngsters for the season when the pressure's off to a certain extent, Anthony. You know what I mean? Just say, look, we're going to write this off a little bit. Yeah, it, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah, I know everybody demands instant results, but that team's not going anywhere at the moment. So, I would I, look. I, I don't wake up every day with the club getting dragged through the mud. I, I just get it over with now. Maybe write the season off. Maybe push for the top four. Peter, do you think they'll actually will pull the trigger though? Because they've been quite reluctant to do that in the past with uh, with yeah, yeah, Van Hal and, and with Moyes as well. They kind of le- left it as late as they possibly could. Well, they they left it until there was no chance of getting into the top four with, with Moyes. They left it till the FA could find with Van Gaal, but the top four was already gone as well. So yeah, it, it 
Yeah, listen, what does dragging it out do? Um, you know, there's all sorts of business factors in the background that, that, that we don't know about as well. There could be deals waiting to get tied up. Who knows, you know? I, I can only say what, what, what I think should happen. Um, although you're right, in, in the past, it's, it's been more of a case of, you know, them waiting until whatever original targets they had were kind of completely gone be, before doing it. But I don't see the point in that because if history tells us anything, this isn't going to improve under Mourinho. Mourinho, I, I have spent a lot of time talking about how successful he's been. But one thing that's perfectly clear throughout that man's career is when when things start to go bad, he can't turn them around. And he actually yeah, it's worse. true that. You talk about the third season syndrome. Like it, it, It's almost become like the knee-jerk go-to thing to say about Mourinho, isn't it? But, he doesn't really. Um, he doesn't really stay that long at clubs, does he? Really? You know, what's his, what's his average? Two fact. and a half years. Yeah. You know. No, no. It's no, but like you, you, you say, he doesn't turn things around. But you know, he, he doesn't stay long enough, really, at clubs, does he? But he makes you know, it worse. Know. He makes it worse. Like he doesn't. Yeah, he, 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 he can't turn it around because he just. He just makes everyone hate him. Makes everyone hate each other. Just completely just crashes and burns everything behind him. Uh, so there's no way back for him to go, you know. It's it's disaster. Yeah, anyway. I, don't, I, I don't think there'll be a big job for him after this. I, I don't think there'll be, no, there'll be no, like, no, people no. knocking for him after this. He's he's made a pig's ear of it, hasn't he? Really? Yeah, yeah. no, 100%. But you see, this is it, lads. Like it's kind of his greatest strength is his biggest weakness. Well, it was in the past, anyway. It's he's confrontational. He gets everybody in together. You know, he gives people shit to get a reaction out of them. That might yesterday. He's yesterday's man a bit with his tactics and his approach to man management. Yes, he is. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know, he, he's such a winner that you know I've said before, and I do believe to be a real winner in football or any sport, you have to be a bit of a dickhead, to be honest, right? Um, because otherwise, you don't have that. You know, fear of losing has to be so strong at times. But I think with him, when things start to go bad, he's just such a bad loser that he just he just makes things worse, falls out with everyone. He can never ex- ex- accept that he makes mistakes. He just starts pointing fingers at other people. And I'm sorry, as a manager of a club, you kind of have to be a bit bigger than that. And at 55, if he still can't see that after things fell apart, no, and it's I not going to change. Listen to. To Jamie Carragher the other day um, on Sky Sports, he actually said that at a soccer aid game after his Chelsea dismissal, that uh, Mourinho had a chat with four or five people. Carragher was there, and he said, "I learned from Chelsea that I can't call a team meeting and call a player out in front of everybody because I lose the dress. Uh, modern players, I lose the dressing room." Well, he's just doing the same thing at Man United, so you know, more fool him if he hasn't learned his lesson. Um, and he's still walking around like a spoiled child. Time to go. Time yeah, to go. yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's talk about Arsenal then. They beat Watford 2-0. Uh, Czech was out injured. Leno came in finally, so we got to see him. Uh, Ozil scored. They got a clean sheet. So plenty to be happy about with uh, that win. Yeah, actually, you know, in recent weeks, we've all said the same about Arsenal. Cut and paste the previous description and dump it onto this one. But I actually saw shades of, uh, of improvement from Arsenal. I thought... You know, they were against quite a difficult team in Watford, and they got they got caught out a couple of times on the counter with that high line. But I think by and large, they, they looked quite impressive. They, they bossed the game, especially in the second half when when they got in front. They looked a lot more composed, and you're just starting to see shades of uh, of Amory in the team. You know, there's a bit more energy. They're, they're pressing a bit. You can see um, that the, the manager's patrolling the touchline, and he's, he's barking orders, and the players are. Uh, they seem to be taking note of what he's saying. 
Uh, I think they'll have harder games than Watford going forward. Um, so again, there's still that question mark about the you know the, the back line. Um, and, and I say they were caught out a couple of times, but they, there are shades of improvement there. And you know, five wins in a row, they, they, they've got to be confident going into the next few games. You know, you, you can't not be confident after winning that number of games. You know, in a row after what they've been through in, in the recent couple of um, seasons. Absolutely, and and actually, the funny thing is, you can't say it was the sort of uh, catalyst for the 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 downfall of Arsenal because that was coming for a very long time. But when they lost against Watford, when Dini had that. Uh, Nudge on Mertesacker. That was when things like really ramped up uh, in in uh, fingers last season, Peter. Well, Watford have, have caused a few upsets over there in, in recent times, and I, I actually think Watford are, are uh, you know a decent uh, team. I think they'll finish w- within the uh, within the top ten, definitely somewhere between that seven to, to ten bracket. I, and I actually I, I tipped Watford to win because I, I, I just thought that Arsenal. You know, like we've been saying, they've been given so many chances away, but getting away with it because their forward players have been bailing them out. But I think Watford are quite, you know, they're two horrible centre-forwards to play against and, you know, quite solid at the back. I actually thought Arsenal's uh, luck was, was going to run out a little bit. You know, I, I think Czech's been good in the last few games, but I think most Arsenal fans will, will be honest, they won't be too unhappy that he has a not-so-serious injury and it'll, it'll give them a chance to have a look at uh, at Leno in the long term. I, I think Czech's kind of been held around because of his leadership qualities in the dressing room a lot, you know. You know, yeah. he's probably, he's a big character. He's probably, you know, I've often thought of Czech at Arsenal, like, pulling his hair out, you know, after coming from a kind of a dressing room full of men at Chelsea to a bunch of kind of spoiled brats running around, well, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, at Arsenal. So, yeah, no, definitely. You're right, Sam. It was kind of, that was one of the worst results. And actually, one of my sister's uh, boyfriend went over to his first ever, he's an Arsenal fan his whole life, he went over to his first Arsenal match and it was the one they lost to Watford. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's never gone back. He's never gone back. Uh, I'm just looking at the table here and, oh God, as, as I look down and see United in 10th, for fuck's sake. But anyway, Arsenal are in 5th. Uh, form team in the league as well. <laughs> and uh, we, you know, we were kind of saying, well, it's not really, a, they're not really even a top six side, but well, they, they're right up there. They really are. And they, they could... They could do something. Yeah, well, they've won they more. Even I think when you include, is it, is it seven or eight? Include all comps. All comps, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, um, no, listen, United aren't getting there anywhere soon, and um, you know, I, I think in the in the Ars, it was only it was only in the last two seasons that they went really, they went went so bad that they were kind of couldn't even get in the top four under Wenger. But before that, I always thought of Arsenal were one of the if not the best team in the league, are putting away the teams below them. They've just kind of had this woeful record against teams up and around them. And I think they look a little bit like that this year as well. So, you know, I, I think kind of the top three spots look a little bit set I'd in say, stone. Um, what I, would say I, I think they're kind of fighting with Spurs at the moment, for me. I, I think it's quite telling, though, Pete. I, I know it's only early days um, in the season, but the two teams they've lost to are, are you know, Chelsea and and Arsenal, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Chelsea and City, sorry. So, you know, I, again, I, I think the games you judge Arsenal on, like you say, are, are the top six sides. I think you expect them to beat the sides like Watford and Southampton and all these other teams down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I look at like, the quality they've got in attack as well, Lacazette and Ozil and uh, Bumiang as well up front. 
you know, there's, there's plenty of quality there to, to pull away some of the, the you know, the, the also runs in the league. I think you, you judge them on your Liverpools and your Cities, don't you? Know, and, and Chelsea uh, going forward, but they, they certainly got the, the quality and the strike force. I don't see why not. You know, they they can definitely be uh, be outscoring teams this season. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily always agree with that because, I, like, I'm not saying you should be losing every game to a top six team, but there are certain like you think about Liverpool under Klopp, seasons gone by, Anthony cracking record against top six, but woeful against the bottom ten. So, it, for me, you you know, it, I'm not saying lose every game against the top six, but if you're able to put them all away below you, you don't have to actually win that many games against the top six because other top six teams will drop te- points against the teams below them oh, as yeah. well, you know? Yeah, it can, it can trip you over. I always said, you know, when Liverpool were going through that really frustrating patch, it was almost bloody pointless beating Manchester City and then losing to Watford the next week. It was, it, it was sort of... Made the result, you know, you know, pointless completely. But I think if you're looking at Arsenal in terms of judging them on their improvements, I think it's results in the okay, top. Yeah, yeah, that no, will yeah, judge yeah. them, yeah, you know, on how far they've come, if you like, you know. But top four, they, like for me at, at the moment, the others, the, you know, the, the Chelsea's, the Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool um, look pre- pretty nailed on for them for them spots. Um, I think Spurs can be a bit up and down because of their small squad. I'd say Arsenal. I think that that last chance between Arsenal and, and as of today, you know, things can change very quickly. But as of today, I would I would say that fourth spot is probably between, uh, yeah, between Spurs and uh, Spurs and Arsenal for me. Yeah, quite, yeah. A, quite a turnaround, and uh, and we'll talk about Spurs in a little bit. We'll also have a chat about City and of course that Liverpool and Chelsea double header. But uh, now, should we have a quiz, lads? Yeah, uh, All right then. It's uh, it's the classic. It's the I name teams that a player has played for, and you tell me the player by the teams that he's played for. All right. So say your name, and then you can have mm-hmm. a guess. There's only two two players, so you can have as many goes as you like. Uh, team number one for this player was a team called Whiteleaf. 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 Okay. W H Y T E L E A F E. Whiteleaf. Oh, well, then I definitely know who it is. <laughs> uh, he only spent a year there. I have no idea. He only spent a year there, and then he went on and spent two years at a club called Epsom and Ewell. No? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I might uh, fly through a couple more of these. Uh, Corinthian Casuals. Corinthian uh, Casuals? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then finally, a club that we've heard of. He then played for Dulwich Hamlet. <laughs> Peter Peter Grant Holt it wasn't Grant Holt always nice to hear his name though uh, then from Dulwich Hamlet he went on to Yeovil Town Peter Peter Troy Deeney no uh, from Yeovil went on to Crystal Palace and and Jason Punchin no was at Palace for four years then spent four years at Charlton Athletic Scored 24 goals in 104 yeah, games. And? And. It's not Chris Powell, is it? No, it's not Chris Powell. That was kind of the highlight of his career, really, Palace and Charlton. Then he went to Spurs on loan but never played for them. And then he went to Barnet and played 67 times. Yeah, mate. <laughs> I was going to say Edgar Davids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think he, I think he played for a few different clubs before he went to uh, Yeah, yeah. He, went to uh, he, 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 finished, he finished his career at Reading but never played for them. Position? Give us the position. Yeah, he's a midfielder. 
Born in 1961, so he's 57 now. <laughs> Peter. Peter. John Slacko. No. He's English. Peter. Peter. Alan Pardew. It is Alan Pardew. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to say that ages ago when I was going bad. Yeah, but those other clubs, the like Corinthian Casuals and Epsom and Newell, you wouldn't know where the fuck those are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Right then, uh, player number two, Peter's got the points, player number two began his career at St. Johnston. Nobody? All right. Uh, then, he went nope. to, then he went to Sunderland. Sunderland? Yeah. Peter. Peter. Kevin Kyle? No. Kevin Kyle? Then he went to Rangers, where he pl- spent most of his career. And? And? Ali McCoist. It was Ali McCoist. Scored 251 goals for Rangers and then finished his career at Kilmarnock. All right, 1-1. One, one. Let's uh, get... Days, that'll do, yeah. It's a Sutherland spell, yeah. Remember that, yeah. Not bad. Right, let's get one more before we carry on. Uh, this player started his career at Grenoble. Who? Where? Who? Gr- where? Grenoble. Grenoble. Oh, in France. Grenoble. Yeah. All right. Uh, then... <laughs> Kyle. No, Kevin Cove. Uh, <laughs> then he played for River Plate. No idea. Peter? Peter? This has been stabbed in the dark because I know he's half right. Higuain? No. Uh, then he went to Zaragoza. No idea. Next, Give us the next one. Next one is Chelsea. Ooh. Oh, just You want one more? Yeah, go on. Last club finished his career at Spurs. Peter. Peter. Gus Poye? It is Gus Poye. Ah. (laughs) Very, very good. Yeah. All right, 2 1, Peter. We'll crack on. We'll come back to that. Speaking of Spurs. Uh, they went through on penalties against Watford in the Cup uh, and then a routine win against Huddersfield. You add in then the win against Brighton and after a bit of a wobble a couple of weeks ago, Peter, they seem to be uh, motoring along very nicely now. Yeah, no, they're, they're doing well and, and Kane kind of looked like he'd remembered how to, to run and shoot <laughs> again, um, which is kind of kind of big big for them. Um, yeah, listen, I, I kind of... I, I said before the start of the season that if I had to pick anybody to fall out of the top four, I thought it might be Spurs. Because obviously they didn't, they didn't strengthen, and I just think that that group core of players have played so much football over the last three or four years, you know. But having said that, I, I think Lucas Mora looks like an absolute snip at twenty-five million. He's yeah, been he looks like really impressive. You know, real bright spot for him. Even against Liverpool, he was really good. He won them the, the game against Man United. Um, for me, it looks like there's been a couple of problems behind the scenes. Pock hasn't seemed uh, as happy as he usually is. He's a lot more tetchy in the media than than usual. But yeah, like it's it's pretty basic what happens with Spurs. Like I, I saw somewhere the other day, if Kane runs more, you know, if his running stats go up, he takes more shots, and if his shots shots go up, he scores more goals. It's pretty simple. So <laughs> if, if if he's on form. They're always going to have a chance, and, and they have a lot of other quality in the team. You know, like uh, you know, they've quality all. They're starting eleven is still extremely strong, and and they, they do seem to be, you know, have got so very good over recent seasons of, of putting teams away below them that we, that we've talked about before. You know, I don't think there's any doubts 
they were going to beat Huddersfield at the weekend, even though um, Huddersfield probably probably had a couple of chances, and, and Brighton the week before probably had a couple of chances as well. So not hugely convincing at the moment for Spurs, but they're picking up the results and picking up mm. results builds confidence. So yeah, they, like I, 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 I <laughs> it looks like I was wrong with my preseason prediction of you know them dropping out because Man United have definitely dropped out. Um, <laughs> I, I think they will. I, I think they'll be kind of. I've already said it a few minutes ago. I think they'll be kind of um, fighting for fighting for fourth place with Spurs, which is in a way is a bit of a step down for them because they were kind of finished third the last few seasons. Um, but you know, haven't considering they, you know, the kind of mess of the stadium and, and they haven't like they didn't sign anybody during the summer. That's it. I think most people at the club would, would kind of kind of take that. Um, so yeah, they're ticking along well. You, like once you're winning, you can't be complaining too much. Um, even though I, I don't think the last couple of performances ha- have been that convincing. Um, but yeah, they're up against Barca tonight, and they've always actually been great value for money when they've gone up against uh, top European teams. So um, I might look like a fool now <laughs> because that match is on a bit. But I, I, I'd say that might that that could be entertaining. That, that Barca aren't as strong as they were in previous years, so I can. Although Spurs are missing quite a few players, I think they're missing about three first-teamers. But yeah, I'd say it could be an entertaining game tonight between them and Barca. Yeah, and Cardiff up next in the league, which is another nice one for them. Uh, right, and here we go. Strap yourself in. Liverpool, Chelsea, double <laughs> bill. Um, we'll start with the first game, which was settled by Hazard's unbelievable goal. Peter, you mentioned Robert Van Persie's goal that you watched about a million times. I think Hazard's goal against Liverpool might be one of my favourites in the last couple of years. I, I just, uh, and maybe you can describe it for us. Oh, I think, I think you got lucky. Took a deflection, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit unfair to be asking you to describe it to me. That's, that's no, to, to me, to be fair, he did exactly what all good players should. You know, he, he for most of that second half when they were attacking us, you were attacking Moreno because he's an absolute prat uh, who, <laughs> who, who can't concentrate for more than four seconds. But uh, to be fair, once he got in behind Marino and, and given the slip, you know, his, his close control in the box was unbelievable. And he, he hits it right in the, in the sweet spot, you know, past Mignolet into the corner. It was an absolute belter of a goal. Uh, great close control. And uh, there's about, about two or three Liverpool defenders just terrified to touch him in the area because you touch him, he goes, you know, it's, it's a penalty. And that's, that's how good of a player he is. The ball at his feet, he terrifies people at the moment. He's, I'd say he's, he's up there with one, one of the best in Europe at the moment. Hazard, absolutely superb. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably fair, and he, he showed what he's worth in the uh, in the league game at the weekend as well. Um, Liverpool and they could really do with Salah starting to score some goals. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I, I was watching the, the the league game, and I don't think I can recall the front three playing as poorly as they did. Um, I'm not I'm not panicking too much at the moment because the, the chances are still being created, but. Um, I don't know. I still think Salah looks leggy to me. He, he looks short of a yard, and call it a controversial opinion, but I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even consider him for the Napoli game in the Champions League. I think he needs proper, you know, one game a week for the next couple of weeks to try and get him up to speed. Um, you know that that chance he had against Chelsea, where he he takes it past the keeper um, last season, full full pace, you know, full form. Salah scores that. There's no not even a question of Rudiger getting back. There's to not much more he could do there, and was there? He was just What's that? unlucky. He was on his right foot. He went to clip it back in. That, that's a bit harsh, no? No, I just, I just think if if you look at the replay, um, he, he's a little bit slow as as he's round the keeper. I, it, it is harsh, yeah. but I'm just, 
he set himself such a high standard last season. Yeah, that that's yeah. a that's that's a goal last season. You know, a fully a fully form, you know, so a, a full in form, full pace a lot of scores there. Uh, it's a difficult chance, but he's you know he, he was absolutely top draw last season. You expect him to score, um, but the chances are still being created. So you know, and they, they dug in deep, and you know to, to bring on um, Sturridge and Shakiri and Cater uh, really helped us in the last twenty minutes because it gave us that second wind because uh, there was a little bit of a lull I thought around the sixty minute mark, and we got caught on the counter a couple of times. I really was worried that they were going to go down and get the second goal. Um, but I, I liked um, I liked Cater and Shakiri's running when they came on. It was really nice to have that kind of depth in the squad. And um, I couldn't believe Sturridge's goal. I was um, I was just saying to myself, if, if you're going to shoot from there, you know, and then it just begs it into the top corner. I couldn't believe it. Oh, absolute belted of a goal. I think I've watched it about 600 times. On <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about Sturridge then, um, obviously he's had his problems with injuries. Do you think he... I mean, he could do really, really well as a sort of an impact yeah, yeah. striker. Absolutely. I mean, he, he's he's probably one of the best finishers at the club, if not in the league. Uh, if he could just stay fit, do you think he'd be happy enough with that kind of role? Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's in his last year of his contract. His, his injury record is there for everyone to see. I mean, if, if he leaves Liverpool, there were rumours in there. Somebody was talking to, uh, I think it was Besiktas. He was talking to mm-hmm. in Turkey. It's the retirement league of Europe, isn't it? You know, so. He's not leaving Liverpool and I'm going to be snapped up by somebody, you know, a top club in Europe. Um, I think he's going to have to forge a role for himself in the club. And I would say if you can get 25 minutes out of Sturridge, he's a top class player. Um, you know, it's, it, give, him, give us 30 games a season off the bench. You know, that, that could make a massive difference. It really could. Do you think they'll hang on to him? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's catch twenty two, isn't it? You know what, what you do. I think if he can prove his fitness this season, and he's happy with that role, I don't see why not. Because Solanke's Solanke's not good enough, and um, Arigi looks like his days are numbered. So if you if you get rid of um, Sturridge, you're just gonna have to go and sign somebody else. Um, it, it, it all does. The, the proof will be if he can stay fit this season. It might just we, we've seen this with Sturridge a lot over the last three years. There's been flashes and little moments, and you think, bloody hell, he's back. You know, he's he's going to be shit hot again. And then a week later, he's out with some really obscure injury, and, and you don't see him for eight months. You know, it, it's just a strange one. So we'll have to see again if he can stay fit. I don't see why not. You know, give him give him a contract as long as he's not on hundred grand a week. You know, whatever it is. You can really make. A great name for yourself, and you can really be a hero if you become that kind of player, and you're willing to accept that you you come exactly. on for the last half hour. You know what I mean? I mean, Impact like play, yeah. Yeah. every great team has a great has a super sub lads. That's, that's right. Only Gunnar Solskjaer is yeah. Only Gunnar Solskjaer is one of yeah. most United fans' favorite players. You know what I mean? And he, it's it's what he did. He came on and he won games. And if you're oh. the guy, if you're the guy who's coming on and digging your team out of a hole or grabbing a late winner or something like that, I mean. If you can do that and stay fit, if you're only doing a 30 games a season, that's still pretty fucking excellent, isn't it? Well, that's, yeah, what, that's, why, that's know, why Ferguson signed Owen, wasn't it? You know, Ferguson said to Michael Owen, you, you know, your injuries are, you know, again, like studies are there for everyone to see. But if you can come in and give us 30 games and give us 12 goals in those 30 games, that could be the difference, couldn't it? You know? Yeah, no, listen, I don't think Sturridge is going to, I think he's probably realistic enough. This is probably his, the best chance this season he'll ever have a win in the Premier League again because he... He's not going to get a move as, as outrageously talented as he is at the time. No top six club is realistically really going to touch him, um, no. I don't think, at, at the no. moment anyway. So, you know, coming on for 25 minutes when, when you know, you're, you have dodgy injuries problems as well and getting being the chance to, to be, a, be 
be a hero is a big thing because all title-winning squads, you know, you get into the last 10, 15 games, they always, you know, there'll always be games that are close going into the last 15, 20 minutes. And, yeah, he, he, he's, he's as, like you said, he's, he's probably their best natural finisher at that club, I would say. So, um, yeah, he, he's perfect, perfect role for him, I think. Um, of, of his type as well. Liverpool and, and Liverpool good for him at the moment, I think. Yeah, that's right. It's, it, it's, it's, a good, um, it's a good relationship for both of the clubs. It's a good deal. But I always said at the time, I know, I know England have got Kane. Um, up front but I always said when Sturridge was fully fit he's probably one of the most naturally gifted forwards that England could have called upon um, in terms of his quick feet in terms of his his movements his sharpness um, you know Kane's a, Kane's a certain type of centre forward but Sturridge was, was such a great option for England and such I mean, such a shame the injuries he's had he really is a top talent he, like. he, he, he's lot, like I think we're all realistic to know like he's never going to be a starter for Liverpool no, he no, even definitely maybe not. before the injuries, he just doesn't cover enough ground for Klopp. Um, no, no. Look at what Firmino does. I don't think um, he can, mate. I don't think he can. No, I mean, no, and I, I think he's yeah. even lost a bit, you know, how he used to get in behind teams and stuff. So, yeah, no, he, he's pro- he, his, per- his perfect role at the moment is coming on against a team that's defended deep, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking a little bit of that, um, and have Liverpool changed the way they play compared to last season? It seems a little bit sort of less heavy metal gung-ho, less pacey perhaps than it, than it was and, and they seem to be knocking the ball around a lot more. Yeah, I, mean, it, I think a lot of the fans got a bit spoiled last season by a lot, a lot of the big scorelines. Um, you know, there, there was that sort of frenetic energy about them at times last season and y- you've seen it in small pockets but there does seem to be a bit more sort of uh, you know, a more refined approach from the you know f- from the players that they've got. Wijnaldum is, um, I-, I think he's a very underrated player, and he, I think when he plays, our midfield looks a lot more measured. Um, he- he's often keeping the ball nice and neat, nice and tidy. Um, yeah, he- he's just we we do seem to have struck more of a balance this season, uh, and we're playing it out from the back a lot more as well, a lot more comfortably. Um, I mean, that's the Van Dijk and Gomez together. They're both fantastic at bringing the ball out from the back. So, there does it, because teams are a bit more afraid and standoffish of us, then I just feel that we've got more of the ball and there's less players to press, if you like. So, um, yeah, maybe unintentionally it, it, it slipped a little bit back to a bit more of a, you know, we'll have the ball for 90 minutes type, type of setup. It's funny, uh, Chelsea were the team that went through in the cup and, uh, and went ahead in this uh, in the league game, but we haven't really talked a whole lot about them, Peter. But they uh, they still look really good, and there's still a whole lot of fun to watch. Um, it, it's funny, they're are they are they a nice team in the league again? Is it okay to like Chelsea again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, Sarri's a Sarri's a pretty likable chap, isn't he? Um, and you've got the Terry's and all gone now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Like I like just even before I talk about Chelsea, like I have to say, um, that's been the best game of football I've seen. Yeah, it's a cracking season, game, or in a long, long time. I absolutely like one hundred percent enjoy. Like that was just an absolutely superb game of football, and I think like I was in a in a pub with a lot of Liverpool fans, and I'd had money on Hazard now, and I cashed out now, so it's kind of just you know. I was really enjoying seeing them suffer, but like I would have said, I would have said, like I, I think even if Chelsea hold on in that game, Liverpool played really well as well. Do, do, I don't think Liverpool fans would have had too much to be worried about, even if Chelsea had held on. Like it looked, they were going to, you know. 
Um, I, I think both teams came out of that game with massive credit. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. I think Liverpool proved that they're like Liverpool looked like a classy, a serious football team. I have to say, definitely challenging for the title with City, um, and I think Chelsea was kind of the day that I might have changed my mind about Chelsea. You know, if Hazard stays fit and and they keep improving, um, you know, I think they looked a bit dodgy at the back, but I thought Luis was really good the other day at times. Um, through the start of the season. And like I, I think I was saying a few weeks ago, even though they hadn't been great in some games, because they were picking up wins, it just lets Kanisari put his ideas across, but like with the confidence of the players believing in what he's saying, you know, because it's hard to implement a new system when you're having bad results. And it, it's fallen into place for them quite well. And yeah, like I think Chelsea kind of proved a bit that they they deserve to be in the reckoning now um, as well after that performance. I, I, probably after the, you know, we were saying about Chelsea not well. I didn't fancy them that much at the start of the season, but even they're kind of a lot of the reserve players that they brought out against Liverpool midweek. Like they still have a serious squad of footballers, you know. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, listen, I I, I think that they. They could go because I, I personally have a feeling that this might be the season where Aiden Hazard goes next level, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is where he might it score looks like it, it? 25 yeah. goals, 30 goals, kind of have a kind of Mo Salah season almost. But he won't, I don't think he'll reach them numbers at all. But like I think he, he has the grip between his teeth. And he, Hazard, by all accounts, is a pretty, pretty, I know we kind of give him criticise him for maybe not wanting it enough sometimes. But, you know, he's. He's quite grateful for Chelsea looking after him over the years. He's quite happy there. And I think if, if he could go out with a high with Chelsea by having his best season ever and through that then get his big move to Real Madrid, I think it would be perfect for him. So, um, yeah, like they, they look really good. And another thing that I thought, so like two biggest criticisms I would have had of Chelsea before were probably Luis and Rudiger. I thought they were both quite good against Liverpool. Rudiger looked excellent, I thought. Kante, I've been like saying it's just madness to move Kante, but I thought Kante was actually really good in the ball the other day as well. And I think it's interesting about Kante because it shows what a kind of humble, sound fella that lad is. Because show me another player in the world who is the best in his position that will allow a new manager to come in and say, no, we're going to play you in a completely different position. <laughs> There's nobody, is there? Like, No, it's true. Yeah, like, what a top man in Golo. Uh, I still don't really agree with it, but he was very good the other day. And I think there's there's massive, uh, there's massive, uh, you know, positives for Chelsea there. I, I read during the week that Sarri lets them have a bit of cake now with their lunch. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just a happy place to be these days. Oh, yeah. I was- He's brought Peter the ketchup Rettin. back in. He's brought the ketchup. To be fair, to be fair, like, to be fair, he can't really be saying anything about cake and ketchup as he just like hammers through the cigarette standing I outside. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the biff. He <laughs> <absolutely> <laughs> loves the biff to that fella, doesn't he? But you reading about it? Uh, I was reading about Sally during the week, and apparently he said he's absolutely loving, uh, loving life at yeah. Chelsea. He sees it as like the uh, you know the crown and uh, glory of his of his life's work. If you like going to Chelsea. And I, I think you're absolutely right, Pete, as well. They look a happy camp. You know, they yeah. look at the team that, that's enjoying the footy again. And uh, I, I've, I have heard he's a very relaxed guy around the pitch. He lets the players express themselves. Um, you know, and, you know, again, I, I to rub salt into the rooms with the Man United thing, but it's like chalk and cheese, isn't it? You, you look at Mourinho and he's he, he's dour down and out. Apparently, Sarri, he's, he's just full of smiles. Yeah. And him and, Klopp, him and Klopp are giving each other the big hugs at the end. And he, look yeah. like, he looks like a man really enjoying himself, you know. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd say Mourinho's giving him a bowl of, bowl of fucking sawdust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luke Shaw going up, please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, let's uh, finish with City then. And, uh, you know, it's funny because we, we had the same problem last year. City, absolutely brilliant. Uh, routine wins against Oxford in the Cup uh, and Brighton in the league. But it's just sort of routine, as I said. It, it's sort of yeah, it's happened. They won't move on. There's, there's there's no drama. There's not much to talk about. Yeah, yeah like I, I think I think one of the massive things for them as well is that like Mares is starting to look really comfortable within that team as well because Mares is a serious operator. You know what I mean? As we've seen in the Premier League over the years. Um, and De Bruyne came back to training this week as well. Yeah, that's frightening. If, that's if frightening. I was a Liverpool or Chelsea fan, I'd be going bollocks. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, look, they're, they're, they're just so strong. And I, I read something really interesting about Sterling the other day after the conversation that we, that we had last week about maybe not getting the credit he deserves. And because he's got so much stick in the kind of mainstream tabloid press that people's minds are a little bit warped about him, even if he isn't the best finisher in, in the world as well. Another goal and assist at the weekend. Yeah, I exactly. Now been, I think he's now been in goal, involved in more Premier League goals and assists since the start of last season than anybody. Maybe Salah's ahead of him. but I, I, I think Salah's just ahead of him. Yeah, he, he's yeah. in the top two, I think. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's very, very close though. But yeah. yeah. Only 4% of total fancy football managers have him in their team because, because he gets such a bad rap off everybody in the papers, people just can't actually get their head around that if I have this guy in my team, I'm going to get a goal or an assist every week. <laughs> you know, so it just shows how, how you know, subconsciously people's attitudes can, can be completely tainted at times. Um, but by how you know what's reported around Sterling, but yeah, they just look so so strong. Um, I, they were drawn one-one now in the Champions League before we we came on air, so um, that that would be a bit strange for them after Leon Hoffenheim to only be on one point, and it might it might be it might be a positive for for the kind of Chelsea and Liverpool, and that you know. You would have been thinking in the Champions League group that you know because Champions League massively affects Premier League as well. Um, people don't always realise that, but you know if, if they had, I think we all would have been expecting City to get like kind of four wins out of four and then put out you know a B team in the last two games. But it looks like City might you know might have to uh, have to push it hard right into the last few games of that season of the Champions League uh, group stages. But. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. They're just they're 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 a different class city. That that's it, isn't it? They, they almost um, they almost go under the radar this weekend, don't they? Because of everything else that's happened. But you know, you just look out at the, the quality they've got there. It, it, it's unbelievable, and it, it, in a way, it almost becomes sort of dull to talk about. It is dull. So good. Yeah, they're totally you know, boring. I'd say they're the team that we've spoken about least. Uh, on the show in the last two seasons, and and they they <laughs> well, that, that's it. I mean, they cantered to us last season. They were probably one of the Peter. You had them as maybe the best ever Premier League side. We barely spoke about them because they just they just won their games. There was yeah. no hassle, no nothing, nothing to talk about. But like, you know, yeah, even when it, like yeah. you're kind of looking out for the results on a Saturday or whatever, you know. You, yeah, you like, barely look at it because you just assume they win. After fifteen minutes, they're two or three nil up, and you're just going. Fucking hell! Like, like just drag it out a bit or here. Like it's, it is. It's, and I think it kind of sums up. It's interesting because it sums up that like as much as we all say we want to watch see great football and all, the, like with football and sport in general, 
if if they aren't close games, it's it becomes boring really quickly. And that's just cities have city have been a, a victim of their own success in that regard because they're just so far ahead of everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right before we finish up and go to prick of the week, shall we finish our quiz? What's the score at the moment? Two one two. Peter. Peter, right. Uh, so, so uh, it could be. It, 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 it might be, I can't remember. Uh, right, so I'm just going to, uh, same deal as before, I'll name all the clubs and you tell me what player it is by the clubs that I mentioned. So the first club, the first club is Toulouse. Kevin Kyle. That's not Kevin Kyle, no. Uh, went from Toulouse to Marseille. Peter. Peter. Marcel Dossay. No. Went from Marseille to Monaco. Nobody? Give us an actual mate, yeah. Uh, then went to Manchester United. Peter. Peter. Ant. Yeah, Peter. I got it. Got it. Patrice Evra. No. 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 Uh, oh, Peter. Uh, I, uh, I know it is. And? Uh, no, I, I, the one I was going to say is completely wrong. So go on, go on, Pete. Go Please. for it. Fabian Barthez? It is Fabian Barthez. Very good. Went back to Marseille on loan and then finished up at Nantes. Right, so it's uh, is that it? 3-1? 3-1, yeah. Uh, I've, I've got two more, so you can level it, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So, uh, this, player, this player began his career at a club called Sudbury Court, uh, but then made uh, went to a proper club and played for Watford. Ant. Ant. Go for John Barnes. It, it was John yeah, Barnes. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable show. Happy days, Ali. Very good. Oh, it's all to play for now, Ant. Fuck, I'm going to have to think of another one. Uh, if you get this Over one. Right. Come on, let's go. Uh, all right. I think you're going to have to be quick with this one. So this player began his career at Grêmio. Peter. Peter. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Ronaldinho. It is Ronaldinho. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say Lucas Flavia. Anderson started his career again, and they're both like they were both pretty much as good as each other, so it could have been either. Or. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grêmio, PSG, Barca, Milan, Flamengo, uh, Mineiro, and uh, a bunch of other clubs before he. Uh, well, I don't know what he's doing now. Isn't he with some like? Horrible right wing party or something like that. I know exactly what he's doing now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Drinking. <laughs> uh, right then, we'll finish up with prick of the week. Uh, and who you got? Um, just purely for his honourable dive against Huddersfield, no need for it whatsoever. Uh, Danny Rose, I'm going for. What a prick. <laughs> Fair enough. And Peter? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Manchester United. Yeah. <laughs> Just the club, generally. Yeah, I suppose Jose Jose Mourinho is is the the spearhead. Um, yeah, the helmet. He's the captain. The helmet. Yeah, they're ruining my life. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Jose. Uh, in. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, uh, Manchester United. What a bunch of pricks. That's it. Takes us to the end of the show. Thank you so much uh, for listening. And if you want to support the show, you can go along to our Patreon page and uh, give two quid a month, and that'll help us keep the lights on, and you'll get an extra show, uh, which actually we need to get on and record sometime this week, Peter. <laughs> We're going to have to. Yeah, get on that's with that. right. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again next week, and uh, make sure you go along to thefootballfaithful.com for lots more great football content. Thanks, Ant. Cheers, nice one, lads. Thanks, Peter. Take it easy, lads. And thanks for me. We'll see you next time.